0: I'm here to fight for truth and justice in the American way.
1: What I do is not up to you. Some men just want to watch the world about.
0: I am Iron Man. And hope.
1: Smash. You guys know I can move things with my mind, right? It's great power and it's great responsibility. No case. Welcome to Watchtower. I'm Alex. And I'm Seth. And this is our podcast where we embark on a quest to rank Earth's Mightiest
0: Movies. One last time.
1: Not the last time. <laughs> the last time in the same room for a while, probably. For, yeah, for a while. Um, Alex is moving. I am. To L.A. I almost said the Big Apple. I don't know why I almost said that, because <laughs> that's New York. But anyway. Does
0: L.A. have a nickname like that?
1: La La Land. The Big Spaghetti? <laughs> <laughs> um... We're finally doing Unbreakable.
0: You, we are, yeah. Yeah, we
1: said we were going to do it, but that in-game got in the way. You know how, kept our how word. that goes. So, um, Yeah, we're going to... I'm worried about this movie because it's kind of only partially a superhero movie.
0: Well, that is true.
1: It's a comic book movie. Well, I don't know if you can even call it that. It's not like it's based on a it's, comic book.
0: It's kind of just a movie. Yeah. It's just a drama yeah. that deals with superhero... Theme. Ideas, themes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I really like this movie, though.
1: Did you see it when it first came out?
0: No. Uh, I didn't. I was only ten, nine, or I was eleven when it came out. Mm-hmm. Two thousand. Mm-hmm. I did see the Sixth Sense when that came out. I remember renting that on VHS. I haven't watched it since, so it's probably ready to for a second viewing. But anyway, um. I always liked Shyamalan. At some point, I saw this. Maybe I rented it from the the store, or I saw it on TV. And I just my my earliest memory of this movie is just being struck with how it looked. Yeah. There's no other movie that looks like this. Certainly, no other superhero movie. Yeah. It's shot really, really well. What uh What were your first impressions?
1: Yeah, I watched it when I was like twelve or thirteen, like oh, with my okay. dad. Because uh, he's a big Shyamalan fan, or at least the early stuff, you know. Yeah. We talked about that today. We uh, did. The first four are great.
0: First four movies from Shyamalan are are all great. He really was in a stride, mm-hmm. and then he fell off a cliff or something. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um. But, yeah, I I don't think I fully appreciated it when I first watched it because it's very, like, it's a very quiet film, you know. It's very, like, thoughtful and s- not slow. Like, I'm not bored watching it, but, mm-hmm. you know. It's very quiet and meandering, kind of, and... It's kind of
0: mature, too. Yeah. I don't know if I would have liked it as a kid. Yeah,
1: so I didn't really love it then, um, but watching it again, I like it. I have some problems with it. I, I liked it more after I was like, just because I'm watching it for Watchtower doesn't mean I have to compare it to other superhero movies, because, mm. you know, it's not like a superhero movie that we would watch today. It's different. Um, very I like different. it. There are some problems I have with it, but... Overall, pretty good.
0: This movie has zero problems.
1: Okay. <laughs> wow. Um, 70% on Rotten Tomatoes for critics. That's okay. That sounds about right. Yeah, and 77 for audience.
0: Oh. oh, yes. This was from the before time when yes. audiences and critics were the same people and had not yet <laughs> started to drift apart.
1: Yeah, that's so sad.
0: <laughs> we live in a fallen world.
1: <laughs> that's but, what Mr.
0: Glass says. Basically.
1: Basically, yeah.
0: So, you just thought it was okay?
1: Yeah, like, I think it's really unique mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, but I I didn't, I wasn't, like, head over heels in love with the film. Like, yeah. It was, it was unique, and I like it for that. I just don't think it's, like, spectacular.
0: Okay. I'm curious to hear what you think the problems are. Yeah. Because there was a time when I think I was more like you... Watching this Mm -hmm. And I thought This is interesting But it really goes off the rails for me Yeah At the end In particular Mm -hmm. Um, But watching it now The past couple times I've watched it I just didn't really care about that Mm -hmm. And for some reason It all clicked together Mm -hmm. So Do you want to start With the story?
1: Yeah So I guess we'll We'll talk about the story And kind of lead into the Hero and villain Arc thing um
0: (laughs) that's kind of the whole movie
1: yeah i mean yeah it's that was one of the notes i made is it's very isolated it's an extremely isolated film like you really Mm. only have um david elijah and then david's wife and son Mm -hmm. and then like the people he saves at the end but like that's really it there's not basically a lot of side character stuff going on um just
0: elijah's mom really
1: yeah yeah Um, so, well, let me just jump in and say what, like, my main problem was, because it relates to, like, our hero, David, is that I never, and maybe, maybe it's not supposed to be like this. Like, maybe I'm just, once again, I think I, too early on, was stuck in this superhero mindset, so maybe you can set me straight. I never felt like he wanted to be a hero at all and wanted to be doing what he was doing.
0: Oh, I think he does. Most of the movie, yeah, he's... he just
1: felt really passive, and I think that was what got me. Because I've talked about that before, and no, this isn't like a Marvel film where we've got like our shining hero mm-hmm. in armor. But like, he was just a really passive protagonist, and for I don't know, it it kind of dragged for me toward the mm. the middle section where I was just like, okay, let's like have you make some choice or something happen. I don't know. Um, I see what you mean. Because he's this guy who, he's always had this special thing about him, but he never really acknowledged it, which is that he doesn't get injured. Um, And then he starts to figure out that that's a bigger deal than he might have thought because Elijah confronts him and has this whole, like, we're two sides of the same coin, Mm -hmm. you know, very familiar, (laughs) like, kind of thing. Um, And Elijah is that force that pushes him to, you know, explore this aspect of himself but I yeah even I I guess I never there was never really a turning point for me where I was like super rooting for David other than like yeah like he's saving these people that's great but really yeah I don't know
0: it it's definitely an internal battle yeah he's not going out and fighting bad guys he does a little bit at the end but that is the last that's almost minutes. the last scene of the movie.
1: Yeah, it's like very much toward the end,
0: right? So, and and you're right. He, the whole movie, he's kind of just struggling and not really making a choice mm-hmm. until again that last those last two scenes or so.
1: Yeah, I think it just took too long for me. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't know.
0: I get that. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, especially
1: because like Elijah is our antagonist, but we kind of find it out at the end. You know that he's caused yeah. all these events to happen um and to not have a clear like villain or or even just not to use villain as a superhero movie but just any movie an antagonist and to have a protagonist who didn't feel super active till the very end it kind of was like everything happened a little late for me i guess Hmm. yeah yeah
0: i got you i think i think you're right but it works for me because mm-hmm. this is kind of more of just a again kind of just a straight drama yeah. that has superhero ideas in it. Yeah. So for for me, it works just being this kind of character internal character driven internal thing. Yeah. Because um, the stuff with his wife. I mean, at the beginning of the movie, he they're thinking about getting separated, mm-hmm. and a lot of this, a lot of his growth is just kind of saying, you know, I want to start again. Yeah. Kind of trying to rekindle that relationship. Yeah. Um, this has come up a couple of times on Watchtower where the movie tells a really good story and the character really grows a lot, but it's not in, through the lens of a superhero tale. Right. right. And I think this has that too. Cause I think just the story of a guy who finds meaning in his life yeah, and realizes, you know, I want to be a better father. I want to be a better husband. That's a great story. Yeah. Um, but I think – I mean, you're totally right that – I mean, it's playing within the genre the whole time. Yeah. And I think it, I think you're – I think it's okay to have the expectation you had, ultimately. And I think
1: it kind of – there was never any sense of urgency within the story. That's, nothing, that's for sure. <laughs> nothing has to be happening quickly. Yeah. Like, if he just stopped, like, trying to figure himself out and ignoring a lot – like, I don't know. Like, you know, there's no – Right,
0: right. If If he – the card that he gets from elijah yeah if he just throws that away <laughs> the movie doesn't happen
1: yeah yeah so i think that was i think that combined with his passivity as a character and like the super late reveal of elijah having caused now like that's the thing i don't have a pro i like the ending i like that reveal of of elijah's motivations mm-hmm. i like um the last 20 minutes is some of my favorite stuff it's awesome it. so
0: a little too late though yeah were you bored
1: I think it just felt... I, I was never, like, bored, but I was always just, like, waiting for something to happen, hmm. I guess. And, like, then I had been waiting for, like, an hour, and I was like, okay. Like, yeah. You know? Yeah. Because um, when you when you look at the plot of this film, there's not a lot of plot. Like, it's Definitely. it's just... It's very moment-based, and, like you said, very internal. Um, and that begs the question, David great arc, we talk about, you know, you talked about how it's not super loud or or action driven, but it's mm-hmm. this finding meaning. You know, he, he, he finds the will to start again and be a better father and um, learns what he can do with his abilities, but what's Elijah's arc?
0: Oh, Elijah. Well, I think...
1: Because that one's less clear to me.
0: Well, they're both looking for meaning. Right. And I just... The artistry in this movie is quite high, Mm -hmm. I think, compared to most superhero films. Mm -hmm. This is, you know, this is a... a, Most superhero films just don't aspire to this level of art. Yeah. Just the way it's shot, the use of metaphors, um, the whole idea of he's Mr. Glass and glass reflects and the hero's the perfect reflection, this mirror image. Then you Mm -hmm. have this idea of of unbreakable and broken glass that you get from the train. Lots of really great, beautiful metaphors going on. So I Mm -hmm. think Elijah is, and that's something we always look for. Elijah is the perfect mirror of the, of the hero here of David. Um, They're both looking for meaning in their lives. Yeah. uh, Desperately. Yeah. But Elijah kind of is, is the cautionary tale of he looked for meaning in the wrong way or in the wrong place. Right. And I think, um, of course, he became a terrorist, so <laughs> that's that's a mistake. But I think the sort of internal character mistake is he couldn't find meaning in himself the way David did. He, had, he could. I mean, only he finds
1: meaning through David. Through someone else. Yeah.
0: yeah. I think that's the mistake. Yeah. And I think that, you know, the best superhero movies we've talked about, the hero and the villain are on the same path mm-hmm. until suddenly they diverge because of a choice they made. And I yeah. think that, that was it.
1: It really begs the question where. Where did Elijah see, his path going after he's found, David? Because like he mm. was doing all these things, these terrorist acts to find, his other the other side right. of him, you know. They're like gonna like, fight now. Yeah, like what? Ha- <laughs> and now he's like, oh, like we're friends, and it's like, okay, but you're saying you're villain. Like, what do you do now? Like, where? <laughs> what do you do with your villainry? Because he's supporting yeah. the hero, so it's yeah. kind of a weird like. He's a villain in the sense that he caused all this bad stuff to happen, but now it's like, I don't think he wants to be evil. I don't know. It's kind of weird, that part.
0: Yeah, that's the part where... (laughs) Or that is an example of where the superhero kind of metaphor that's over this very character-driven story starts Mm -hmm. to fall apart. Yeah. Because if you look at it as just a metaphor for kind of finding yourself and kind of making a friend or whatever, I think it all works, but this... Yeah, okay, if he's a supervillain, like we're meant to think, yeah, how is is he going to continue to test David from prison? I mean, what's... The logic of it does kind of fall apart. Yeah. Um, and I think... I mentioned this to you earlier, but the ending where the text comes on the screen and it <sighs> says... It's so David bad. called the cops and Elijah went to jail. I don't... The movie didn't need that. No. Imagine if he's just walking away and it just... it's It doesn't explain yeah, anything you didn't isn't yeah. that stronger yeah i, think I that thought kind text of text solved... was
1: super dumb yeah and it didn't i went back and looked at that after you mentioned it today because i just didn't pay i guess i didn't pay as much attention mm-hmm. to it and like i was just like there was nothing confusing about this where you needed that text in my opinion right. but it was just very strange
0: it felt like a bad note from a producer or something yeah. like that yeah yeah or someone at the studio but i think that gets at the problem you're talking about if that text isn't there and david just walks out it stays within the realm of this is just a very internal character thing between mm-hmm. two people. But the second you put the text in, you start trying to question the logic of it. Yeah. Like, oh, he's going to jail. He's calling the cops. This is suddenly in the real world again. Yeah, I don't and like that. It's not, a, it's not a very strong ending. Yeah. Um. Do you think uh, that it fits our criteria, though, as far as the, the hero story and the mirroring and all that?
1: Yeah, I definitely do. I think it's it's... Like we said, they're very internal arcs, but they perfectly complement each other. Um, If anything, it's just that Elijah isn't 100% a villain. I mean, he is, but, like, it's a weird sort of he's helping the hero the whole time and genuinely helping him. Like, Mm -hmm. he wants David to, like, discover these powers, and when David does, he's able to help people. Like, that's a good thing. But the fact that he caused, you know, it's kind of weird. But, yeah, if if Elijah's our villain because he's the only person that can be... Then, yeah.
0: Um, yeah. I th- I think it's really strong in that category. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it does really, really well. Maybe the only category that does well.
1: <laughs> the morality would be good. We'll see. We'll see.
0: Uh, <laughs> I do love the ending, though. I love what Elijah says. He says, um, now that we know who you are, I know who I am. Mm-hmm. That's tragic. Yeah. It's, it's great, though. It's... it's-
1: He's so engrossed in these comic books that he's like, if there's a, an opposite hero, I have to be the villain. Like, yeah. that's really sad. It is. Yeah. Uh.
0: Hmm. I guess I, I just want to say one more time that the internal growth of David really did work for me. Yeah. Uh, and it does have... Even though it's late in the game, it does have him actively kind of going out and saying, yes, I will do this. I will embrace who I'm meant to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And that scene at the dinner table with his son, where he sort of shows him the newspaper Mm -hmm. and just sort of nods at his son. Yeah. That's him, I think, accepting, yeah, Yeah. I will live the life of a hero. I'll be who you want me to be. Which is really cool. Yeah. But I guess it's weird that the movie ends on that kind of cliffhanger. Because we don't know if David still wants to be that yeah. after he learns that Elijah is...
1: Oh, yeah. Because it's like, maybe that taints it for him. Right. You know? I don't know. That's interesting. But I, I don't mind that. Like, I don't mind an open-ended ending like that. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Speaking of his son, real quick. I think the scene where his son is going to shoot him is a little bit... I don't... I don't find it believable. (laughs) I don't find it believable that his son goes to that extreme that quickly. I
0: find that scene believable. However, the following scene when the son's playing with toys, and he just says, I'm okay now. I just got mixed up. And then his parents go on a date. I did not find that believable.
1: Yeah. When they're like going on the date and they're like, okay, the babysitter's coming. I'm like, your son just had a gun (laughs) pointed at. Your son is
0: crazy. Your son does not understand the difference between what's real and what's not. (laughs) but we got to go have dinner.
1: Yeah. Oh man.
0: (laughs) And that was, that was the the part that made it not work for me. Yeah. The, the, the the gun at the dinner table, that was a a tense. That scene worked for me.
1: I just had a hard time believing that even if he thought his dad, like was invincible or whatever, like the fact that he was like, I just have to shoot him to prove it. Like, I don't know. Yeah. That freaks me out a little bit.
0: It, it freaked me out too. I think it, it works if you buy that that is a weird kid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I think they set up that yeah, he's, he's kind of a loner. He's pretty and, weird. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I love I love how he's crying when he looks at the newspaper. Yeah, that was a like, sweet moment. Oh, man,
0: I love the uh, the weightlifting scene too.
1: Yeah. At first, I was like, "This is a little basic that we're just like lifting weights," but they get creative with it, and going. it's like cute. Yeah. I love
0: when uh, he says, "Take a step back," and he does, and then they cut back to the kid later, and he's in the closet suddenly. <laughs> Yeah. Hiding, hiding behind the door. Yeah. <laughs> that part's funny. Um, so, yeah, I think the hero-villain arc is is good. Mm-hmm. I think it hits all our points. Uh, It does it in this kind of weird way that we're not used to. Yeah. But, it. I mean, I think it still works really yeah. well.
1: Yeah, I think it works really well, too. Like you said, with all the metaphors and stuff, like, straight mirroring. And that's what it's about. Like, mm-hmm. it's literally about, like, in comic books, the hero and villain are always... Opposites, but two sides of the same coin, you know? Like, Mm -hmm, it's very cool mm -hmm. to take that idea and implement it so literally and metaphorically. Right. I like
0: it. Want to move on to spectacle? Yeah. You mentioned that you love the opening of the movie. Oh. Does that count as spectacle to you?
1: Yeah. I mean, like, we talked about shooting. I think shooting definitely counts as part of it. And just, like, I love the, the opening train scene. Like, there's so much storytelling and character storytelling done without words like we see him look at her like we look at her and then we see him take off his ring and then we see her sit Mm -hmm, down and mm -hmm. then like when the camera's just going back and forth between them it's so claustrophobic it's amazing and i love all of the long shots in this film that aren't like complicated tracking shots through scenes but just like you're on these characters and you don't need to cut in for Mm close-ups and stuff you're just watching it happen like when Elijah leaves him a voicemail and you just see David's like silhouette in the hallway and we're focusing on like the answering machine like oh I love stuff like that I think it is so well shot
0: it is it's really really well shot Uh, I did think this first time that first scene which is all one take Mm -hmm. and the cameras you know peering between the seats if there are other places to sit why would you ever sit by a stranger
1: (laughs) yeah I don't know
0: and the we know the seats in front of them are empty because that's where the camera is
1: Okay, but that doesn't that, mean, Yes, yeah. yeah, so I know
0: that's a total just movie thing we have to buy into. Yeah. But still, I was just thinking, you could have sat anywhere else.
1: Also, yeah, and like to sit by him, I don't know. It seems like she shouldn't have been shocked when he was like hitting on her because like.
0: Yeah. Yeah, she sat by him.
1: Yeah, that. And it's, that's not automatically, like, a move, but, like, if there are other if there, seats. Yeah,
0: that's a good point.
1: I don't know. I thought it was a little weird when she was just like, I'm married. And then she was like, I'm moving. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, you didn't have to move. Right. Like, he was he was not being creepy. Like, you, he would have he backed off.
0: Yeah, yeah. But whatever. It, it, that scene's a little contrived. Yeah. Uh, while I'm thinking about it, there's another contrived scene when David and his son go to meet Elijah for the first time. Um, it actually becomes a big deal that his son is there, but if you stop to think about it, why did he bring his son at all? I mean, there's no good reason. I would not bring my son to that. definitely.
1: And then when he's like, stop drinking the water.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Like. Yeah. There are a lot of contrived moments. But, uh, the shooting is, is great. It's one of the best shot superhero movies ever. Um because the the, story is rich with metaphor, Mm -hmm. and that's shown in the visuals, too. Did you notice that he was always kind of within a frame, within a box? Yeah. Um, At least in the first half. I think that changes in the second half. But that is, you know, Elijah actually says something like, life isn't just... What does he say? Life is more than just being in a perfect little box or something like that. And he's Mm -hmm. referencing frames in comic book panels. Yeah. But that was so cool, the idea of taking... Visually, the idea of comic panels and framing and doing that with stuff from the set. Yeah. It would be in a door frame or in a mirror or something like that. That was really cool. And I think the idea is over the course of the film, that happens less. And I guess David is sort of breaking out of that and becoming a fuller person. Yeah. He's, he doesn't feel boxed in and trapped anymore. Yeah. He breaks out of it. Um, I think that's a cool idea. Uh, other movies have tried to do kind of adapting comic book panels to the screen. Ang Lee's Hulk did that. It wasn't particularly good, but it's super interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of any others. Oh, I guess Spider-Verse now. Yeah. Spider-Verse has done it. In... That's an
1: animated film that literally put the comic yeah, panels in, right. so it's hard to, yeah.
0: This does it in a really unique way that I really yeah. like, though.
1: Yeah. Um, when... When we get his – when we get the reveal of his powers where he touches people and he can see, like, what they've done, it was – it felt very X-Men to me, which, like, they oh, came out around yeah. the same time. Yeah, you're right. But, like, when, when Professor X is, like, looking at mutants, you know, yeah. like, with Cerebro, like, how it would kind of, like, shuffle through. And then, like, when when the person would be in color and everything else would be kind of, like, faded, they do that in First Class, too, which is a much later X-Men film. But it really reminded me of X-Men. Yeah. Um, it's a very
0: similar tone. You're right.
1: And I thought it was really cool. Uh, I mean, that was one of the more spectacly moments, I guess. Um, there's
0: not a lot of spectacle. No. I mean, we're using, we're making cinematography count as spectacle. That should tell you something.
1: Yeah. (laughs) But I did, I did really like that. Um, okay. I don't have a problem with water being his weakness, but the part where he falls in the pool He's there for, like, five seconds, and, like, he climbs out pretty easily, and then the kids are just, like, watching him. I don't know. That scene is off to me. That's not what happens. Yeah, it is. No, no, no. He
0: doesn't climb out. The kids save him.
1: Oh, because they, they use yeah. the thing. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I feel like it could have been more intense somehow.
0: I disagree. That's, <laughs> I think that scene is scary. Okay. When I th- I thought it was done really well, because he, he does this kind of belly flop. Yeah, and it's the- on
1: the harp thing, yeah. and then it sinks.
0: Well, it takes him a second to realize what's happening. And I th- yeah. I thought it did a pretty good job of building that tension of he slowly realizes what's happening. And it's only when he really starts to struggle is when he sinks in. I thought it was scary. I thought it was pretty good. And I love the idea of he is saved by these little kids because he saved them. It's just cool. That's a neat kind of hero thing. Yeah. I guess
1: I wanted more intensity out of it, but yeah, yeah.
0: Well, what about Okay, well, the biggest spectacle in the movie is when he strangles the dude. Yeah, was was that spectacular for you? Yeah, <laughs> I I like that part a lot. Um, I think the score for this movie is really good. Oh, it's really good. Yeah, and that's where the score is probably the best, is when he's strangling that guy. Mm-hmm. That's all. Again, that's all one take. Um, and it, it's a pretty intense, kind of visceral fight. Because Bruce yeah. Willis is just strangling the dude the whole time and they're yeah. bouncing around and causing, making dents in the drywall. And it feels like this guy, this is a struggle for life. This guy's struggling to survive. Yeah. Um, And it actually made me think, did that guy need to die? I guess he did. He killed the mom and dad.
1: Yeah, kind of did.
0: I don't, I mean, David's a vigilante now. He took the law into his own hands
1: yeah but like if the guy's attacking him it was kind of also self-defense
0: he wasn't attacking him remember yeah but he he was just standing over the dead mom then david comes in and strangles yeah. him from behind
1: yeah i guess i guess he didn't have to he could have like tied him up yeah and saved him for the cops mm-hmm. Hmm.
0: what'd you think about his superhero costume <laughs> rain rain a parka
1: security parka yeah (laughs) uh it was cool in like low light it was kind of like a cape you know like yeah and with the hood but it looked kind of dumb at other times yeah like i thought when he was like silhouetted in the hallway it's like ooh like hooded vigilante but then sometimes it was a little bit i don't know (laughs) you're in a parka
0: Mm -hmm. um (laughs) yeah it, it is just a parka it, especially when it shows it in the newspaper, it's this drawing of him in the park, and I thought, "Oh, that—that's kind of a dumb-looking drawing."
1: Oh, I, I love the drawing. Yeah. That was—I I loved it.
0: It didn't. It wasn't that good.
1: Can we talk about Elijah just being like, "No, you can't buy this for your four-year-old." Oh, I son. love that
0: scene. Where—where <laughs> where did you come down on that debate?
1: Let him buy it and use it for whatever. Like, yes.
0: No, that thing, that's a piece of history.
1: Okay, but, like, the four-year-old could have grown up, like, seeing it and then come to appreciate it more when he's older. It's not like it's going to get destroyed or something. It would hang on the wall in his room. You don't know that. Oh, my God.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love Samuel L. Jackson's lines in that scene. Yeah. (laughs) I think he goes... Uh, and who is jeb? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh you going you're buying this work of art for an infant named Jeb. You called a 4-year-old an infant. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. One more thing about the uh the music in that scene where the guy gets strangled. Mm-hmm. I was thinking this is pretty intense and I like that it's one take. If you watch this without the music, it looks stupid. It completely doesn't work because <laughs> it's just two dudes kind of flailing around. Yeah. Yeah. The music completely sells that scene.
1: What did you think about the uh opening text about comic books?
0: I I this time watching it, I paused it and I read it very carefully mm-hmm. so I could formulate a, an opinion on it. Okay. Cuz <laughs> I didn't remember it. Yeah. And I was just thinking why is that there? And I don't think it really served a purpose. No. Just I don't know. Maybe the facts kind of get you into the real world. Yeah. I didn't really get it. Yeah. What did you think?
1: At first I thought it was cool. I was like, ooh, something in the mood. But then I was like, <laughs> wait, that didn't actually do anything. Yeah. So.
0: Because it goes from that to the train.
1: No. Isn't it?
0: The first scene's the train.
1: Isn't? No, it's Elijah being born.
0: Oh, my bad. You're yeah. right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. That part's great.
1: Yeah, in the mirror.
0: Yeah, it's all in the mirror. The part where the doctor freaks out. Yeah. Did you drop this child? No. That was really good. That's a good tense moment. Mm-hmm. That dude, was that dude on Lost?
1: I don't. I didn't watch Lost. Okay. That was before my time.
0: That was when I watched TV. <laughs> yeah. A long time um,
1: ago. I like the stuff with Elijah's mom.
0: Oh, I love the scene. It's... Well, go ahead.
1: Well, it's kind of weird how she's like, you have to walk across the street to get these comic That's the books. Best. <laughs>
0: I love that. That's the way he could feel normal. He can't play with the kids, but at least he can sit out there with them yeah, and be halfway normal.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, I love that stuff. All the stuff with Elijah, and this is more of a morality thing, but just kind of the the power of comic books, the power of stories and mythology, because mm-hmm. comics were written for... Uh, nerds basically yeah. they were written for losers that's why you know Spider-Man is the way he is um, written for so so pe- the kids reading comics would have someone more like them yeah and I just thought that was really cool using sort of an, out, an outsider outcast character like Elijah showing that there's a lot of value to these stories but there's a dark side to them too um, mm-hmm. anything else about Spectacle? There's just not... It's just not that kind of no, movie. No, it's
1: not. Yeah. There's
0: one action scene. Yeah. And it's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's the scene in the train station that's kind of a spectacle mm-hmm. moment mm-hmm. where he's really doing the X-Men thing. Yeah. Oh, what about the... uh The only other real action scene is the flashback to the crash. The car mm-hmm. crash. Mm-hmm. Did you like that?
1: I thought it was a little cheesy. Why? I don't know, she...
0: He saved her. Yeah. And then he lied, so he could be with her.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's sweet, but also bad. There How's was it a bad? a bad way. What? Because lying's bad in general. I'd be pissed if I found out my husband, like, had these... This crazy ability, and he lied about it. But remember
0: what she said? She said, I wouldn't be with him if he played football. Yeah, I guess that's true. Which is... Pretty shallow. That is pretty shallow. <laughs> Maybe I'm just
1: like she's a crappy person for that. Like, um,
0: I love that. I really love that scene where he, where he carries her. Yeah. Um, it's just this kind of classic hero moment. The music there is really good too. Also, they found the perfect people to play young Bruce Willis and young yeah. Robin Wright Penn. Yeah, or Robin Wright, whoever she was at that point. She was Robin Wright Penn. Okay. Yeah. Um,
1: that was yeah. The, the I was trying to figure that out because I was looking at them and I was like. Like, that's not them, yeah. but, like,
0: that, yeah. Excellent casting there. But I love... So that scene alone is pretty good, but what really sells it is after he remembers that and he reconnects with his wife, he carries her up the stairs. Mm-hmm. And it's this yeah. really cool callback yeah. to that. Um I love that. That's a sweet moment. Again, it's just kind of... I don't know. maybe, Maybe it's less of a superhero movie, but this has stronger characters and better writing than most superhero movies, wouldn't you say?
1: I don't know if I'd say most.
0: Maybe superhero movies shouldn't be superhero movies. Hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I think I think he's a little too passive for me. But, yeah, it's still a good character and good development.
0: Good development. Mm-hmm. Um, we done with Spectacle?
1: I think so.
0: Shooting's good. Music's great. Yeah. Not a lot of action. X
1: many stuff is cool. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, that's cool. I love the intensity of the the train. The train crashing is pretty cool. There's a really cool moment where it's maybe the only slow motion in the movie, but where he just kind of turns towards the camera and it's slow motion. Mm-hmm. The just this kind of burst of slow motion that was really cool. And then you just see behind him, um, just for like a split second, you see the window of the train, suddenly it kind of rolls and you see the sky. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And just the the kind of shock of him waking up and the doctor saying, you will soon be the only survivor of this train. That's a great yeah. scene. Yeah. That That's scene a, is great. Yeah. Um, so I guess the spectacle is more of these kind of intense moments, not superhero action battles like we're used to. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No is that, that spectacle
0: or is it just no. good filmmaking? It's just, just good, good film filmmaking. Yeah,
1: it's okay. We're figuring out that this movie isn't really a superhero movie. Yeah,
0: there's, yeah, being well shot is not really a spectacle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm, okay, maybe it's gonna be tough to rank it. Uh, what do you think about the morality? Um. What is it even about?
1: I mean, it's about finding purpose, like we established. It's about um I mean, in a lot of ways it's just like about like making choices in life because like David seems like he's kind of just going along and then like mm-hmm. he he kind of starts to participate in like rekindling something with his wife and being a good dad to his son and you know using these powers, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't know if it says a lot about heroism. Yeah. Or yeah, like I, I almost want there to be more commentary about like, what is like the vigilante thing, you know, like, what does it mean if I start doing this? Like, Mm -hmm. am, am I putting my family at risk, by putting myself at risk, am I, you know, like, I don't know. But, yeah, it's really very internal, like, finding purpose, and like you said, David finding purpose in himself, and then Elijah finding purpose in David. But I don't...
0: Is that a moral statement?
1: No, and I'm trying to get at what Hmm. the moral statement would be there.
0: There's kind of a cautionary tale with Elijah of, I guess, sort of be careful... Mythology is great. You can look to mythology for meaning, but mm-hmm. you can also obsess over it. That's a bit of a cautionary thing. You can read a moral statement out of that. Yeah. Um, I guess maybe, you know, it's great to go looking for meaning in stories and mythology and stuff, but there, there's nothing like just being a husband and a father. Yeah. That's the meaning.
1: Yeah. Because... Elijah kind of pretends that he's been made this way by, like, mm. kids calling him Mr. Glass mm-hmm. and feeling like an outcast and, like, finding this other side of the coin that makes him the villain. But it's like, you didn't have to become this, yeah. you know? Like, he kind of blames it on other people in a way or blames it on this idea of this, like, greater, like, fate that doesn't really Oh, that's exist, interesting. you yeah. know?
0: I hadn't thought of that. Doesn't the wife at some point say something like, I thought my life would have turned out differently, but these are the choices I made?
1: There's... Something like that, I think. Yeah. It I may be the conversation
0: that. with Elijah in the hospital.
1: Hmm.
0: It may be there. Mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about choice as being a big theme, but yeah, it's very kind of Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2. Yeah. How the hero accepts the choices he made and the villain tries to blame other people. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a moral statement, yeah. for sure. It's not a unique one. No. I think the movie is saying something about, um, I guess, it's okay to struggle with the search for purpose. Yeah. It's good to search and struggle.
1: Yeah, I think, like, that's... The only way David develops is by searching and struggling because at the beginning, like he's kind of stagnant, you know, he's not really pursuing anything and Mm -hmm. it's through the search that he finds purpose. So,
0: right. So I guess, I don't know. Tell me if you think this is reaching, but Elijah kind of just curses the world, curses the hand he was dealt, doesn't. You know, he doesn't embrace the struggle like David does. Yeah. Is that reading too too deep? It's
1: more like he's searching as well, mm-hmm. Elijah is, but he's searching kind of retroactively to explain this fate that he believes exists. Like, because, you know, he's like, there's a reason that I'm treated this way. There's a reason that I was born this way. There's a reason that I am on this path And he's looking for that reason Um, But For David he creates his path By his own choices so they're both Searching but
0: yeah yeah. I guess that's a moral Statement I (laughs) don't know It's definitely not What we're used to I mean it's like It's not eat your vegetables
1: it's (laughs) (laughs) It's um Find purpose In yourself not in other people I mean That's really basic but I
0: suppose. I mean, that. I I don't know if any other movie has dealt with that on this podcast.
1: Yeah, not really, that like, particular the whole idea. idea of purpose.
0: I'm having a hard time kind of, yeah, articulating the meaning, yeah. but I do love the ending of this movie. I love the tragedy in Elijah. No, I, I think it's that... really
1: solid. I don't think it's lacking in morality. I just don't think it comes out and, like, says anything super specific. Yeah, it's because... not like in, in Iron Man or in like Endgame where you have a scene where spoilers for Game where like, um you know, like Tony's dad is like, oh, yeah, I, I always put my self-interest at the forefront. And then mm-hmm. Tony's like, oh, I have to, you know, put my self-interest behind in order to, <laughs>
0: yeah. you know,
1: take care of the greater good. And then right. it's like self-interest versus greater good. Yeah. You know, it's not that that kind of thing.
0: Definitely not. But uh. I think another kind of problem with trying to read a, a definite moral statement is the ending, the sort of twist reveal of the end, almost recontextualizes the whole movie. Yeah, I So no. it's, it's hard to get it, a definite reading of movie. It that. definitely
1: does, because it's it's so weird, because Elijah, you don't know that he's a villain, per se. He's just kind of an oddball, like, mm-hmm. up until then. Mm-hmm. But, Yeah.
0: Because with Elijah sort of creating David in a way, it, you can read that as fate is a good thing. It's good to embrace your destiny, to embrace your talents, mm-hmm. and become sort of the person you're born to be. But then the whole ending recontextualizes that idea and says there's a dark side to that, too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, how do you—it's hard to get a clear reading.
1: yeah. I think this movie leaves a lot up to interpretation and your own personal relation to the film.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you think, um, especially with that ending, the sort of cautionary tale, is it sort of deconstructing superheroes in a way and saying maybe this sort of hero dichotomy, good and evil, hero-villain, that there's something unhealthy about that? I was wondering about that, this watch.
1: Yeah, I definitely think so because it's really unhealthy that Elijah believes, like, Oh, I'm like, so I have these flaws and weaknesses, but there has to be someone who's the better version of me, who's on the other side, who Mm -hmm. is the opposite, who's the hero, and that makes me the villain. And, like, it's just this idea of this very black and white manner of thinking that kind of drives him into the darkness.
0: (laughs) Especially the vigilante (laughs) stuff, too. Yeah. He kills a guy because he thinks he's this hero character all of a sudden. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy was... He had it coming, but... <laughs>
1: yeah. But he didn't have to kill him.
0: Probably not. Yeah, it's... I feel like this probably won't rank that well, but I do love it. I love how it's No, just,
1: I think, like I said, I think it's really unique, the way it explores these ideas.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't...
1: It's just not going to rank super well, because it's not like a superhero movie.
0: Yeah. It's... it's. I don't know if I can give one definitive moral thing out of it.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, that's the question. Do we rank it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: All okay. right. It's got superheroes. Yeah. It's got one. Yeah. It's got comic books. Yeah. Did you notice that... Well, I'm sure you noticed the comics they used were all made up. Yeah. And they had... I saw
1: a Thor, though.
0: Well, that was the weird thing. Whenever they had, like, the close-ups, yeah. it was made-up comics. Yeah. They had active comics. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. Instead of action. action. And, uh... But whenever they were in the comic book shop or there were books just sort of in the background out of focus, they were real comics. Yeah. But you could still clearly read So they were for... too
1: lazy to make all of the fake comics for the whole store, but in close-ups they were too... <laughs> I don't
0: know if it was lazy. <laughs>
1: I don't think it was because... laziness. I just yeah. think that's... Well, they, they'd
0: probably get sued or something if yeah. they used them for the close-ups, but they got away with it otherwise. Yeah. Oh, that's the other thing. This is a Touchstone film. Touchstone is a Disney label brand. Mm-hmm. What's the word for that? Brand. Yeah. That they use to market their subsidiary. kind of subsidiary. Yeah. That they use to kind of market and distribute things that don't fit under the Walt Disney brand. Mm-hmm. So kind of more mature things. Mm-hmm. So, this is a Disney superhero. Yeah. X, he, did, could, he could just did fit Disney right do into the X Men.
1: Split and glass though i don't know they didn't
0: it if it's touchstone it's disney but Mm -hmm. i I don't know for sure that's weird
1: interesting disney
0: just owns all the superheroes
1: disney owns everything come (laughs) on (laughs) we're gonna rank it yeah i guess i just feel bad for this movie because it's not exactly fair
0: yeah it doesn't quite fit our criteria yeah it doesn't it doesn't it's weird
1: But like we said in the beginning, like, part of the problem is that it has all these superhero motifs so you expect certain things to happen, and then they don't. Like, with me, I expected a more active protagonist, or I expected, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know. And so it's, like, it's kind of difficult, but...
0: Let's give it a shot.
1: All right, where do we start?
0: Batman 89.
1: Up or down?
0: (laughs) Batman 89? Yeah. Um... I, As a movie, I like it more than Batman 89.
1: Yeah, me too. It's stronger in hero, villain, and morality, I think. That's true. But not spectacle, but...
0: I think it's above Batman 89.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> what? What's next?
1: <laughs> Age of Ultron.
0: Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs>
1: In A- case you guys didn't know, I don't remember where we were at when we did Age of Ultron. <laughs> Seth watches Age of Ultron every day.
0: Just about. I'll go home and watch it. <laughs> like Probably. he'll be
1: supposed to be watching something else, and then it'll just be like, "Oops, I started watching Age of Ultron again." <laughs> um, so yeah, it's beloved. Ultron, Ultron is
0: so good.
1: I I'm gonna watch it again.
0: Please do. It's amazing. The only thing about that movie I don't like is the Black Widow Hulk relationship. Yep. It is cringeworthy. It's terrible. Everything else is brilliant.
1: So it's in between those two movies?
0: Yeah. Okay. But uh, one more thing, The yeah. Age of Ultron. <laughs> rewatch it after Endgame. It ages so well. Because Endgame, it just feels like they were setting up to this thing the whole time.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Especially because it was, you know, Joss Sweden. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Right. Uh, yeah, that's a good spot for this movie.
1: So that's number 17 out of 30. 30!
0: That sounds fair. <sighs> we hit 30. The last Watchtower episode. No, it's not the last one.
1: <laughs> Maybe the last one that sounds as good. We'll see how it goes yeah, with we'll, the we'll see. technology.
0: What's the next one we're going to do?
1: Well, Dark Phoenix comes out June 7th.
0: Let's, we can do another one before then.
1: Yeah, probably. Definitely. I'm going to be moving. You
0: don't have time. <laughs> we won't make any promises.
1: Okay, we should do...
0: Let's do another old one. Okay. Well, okay. What were you gonna say?
1: Dark Knight. We've been waiting so long.
0: Ooh. <laughs> that would be good. Do we do Batman? Do we just do the trilogy? I don't think we can just do Dark Knight. I think we gotta do the trilogy.
1: Yeah, but I hate Batman Begins.
0: <laughs> we sh- you should rewatch it then. Come on. Okay, Batman Begins yeah. is next. Yeah, that movie's good. Okay. Okay. Cool. Uh, there is nowhere. There's nothing at all resembling a catchy sign-off for Unbreakable. I could not...
1: (laughs) (laughs) They call me Mr. (laughs) Glass.
0: Okay, I'll let you have this one.
1: I'm not saying that again. (laughs) You already said it. Okay. Okay.